what if she just left one of each sock? <laughs> oh, she'd be my favorite dog ever. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna play your voice for her, Mikey, and teach her that that uh, she hears that sound. She's supposed to bite that person's face off. Uh, bite him in the ass. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Hello and welcome to This Horror Life, episode number 24. It is another remake rumble. This time we're doing Psycho. Lord help us. My name is Rob Humphrey and I am joined by, as always, Ghost. How you doing, Ghost? I'm good. How are you doing, Rob? I am perfectly fine. Um, sure? Normally, I would say that I was in a really good mood, but I had to watch the 1998 version of Psycho today, so I'm fine. Uh, but we'll get there eventually. We have a guest, or a squatter, as it were. Hey. Uh, <laughs> he is uh, um, the host of Slasher Radio. Uh, Mikey Bones is here with us tonight. Going How you on, doing? guys? Going to talk some Vince Vaughn and Psycho 2, Vailers. Oh, son of a bitch. I hate Ooh. you. I hate you already. <laughs> he said uh, failures. <laughs> oh. So what's going on, guys? Anything exciting happening? Nope. No. Mm. Um, all right, so let's jump right into it. We'll start off with what we've been up to this past week. Uh, what's on your list, Ghost? I haven't done shit since we recorded, what, like four days ago? Oh, yeah, we did just record a few days ago, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, late, thanks to you. Um, hey. Having technical difficulties, you slept a whole bunch, so. None of that's really my fault, though. Uh, it's all your fault, but uh, <laughs> no, I didn't really watch anything. I tuned in last night uh, and watched Willie's Wonderland with you guys and a few others, so it was fun. But yeah. that was really it. Yeah. Um. So since we last recorded, I watched Cube for Slasher Radio. Uh, you can catch our episode on that when it releases. When's that going to release, Mikey? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but when Next it does, week. you can hear all our thoughts on Cube. Uh, and then, yeah, I joined you guys for Willie's Wonderland, which I really enjoyed. I liked it. I think I liked it more than most everybody else, to be honest with you. What do you think of it, Mike? Um, I looked at it for what it was, you know, like I, I kind of watching the trailer, you could figure out what it was going to be. And as you watch the movie, it was more than what you thought it was going to be. It was pretty much. Yeah. This, and yeah, I liked it. I like, you're not going to go into it thinking it's Halloween or nothing, but it was a good movie. I, yeah. I enjoyed I it. I was, I did not know that Nicholas Cage did not speak through the entire movie. Me either. I was shocked. So yeah, that was kind of weird. Um, I wasn't expecting that. And uh, I also did not know that I was going to love that shirt as much as I did. And I could not buy one, which really bothered me. You'll buy one in due time. You could have bought one. You chose not to. In a size small. Yeah, that's not going to fit me. I put on some pounds in this quarantine, Mikey. Well, Etsy, too. I gave you options. Uh, Those weren't the the right color. They weren't the the right style. I want the exact. Yeah. And if I can't get that, then forget it. I don't want nothing. It's not a Michael Myers mask. It's a Willy's Wonderland t-shirt with a chipmunk (laughs) on it. It's a weasel. He's a weasel. Um, 
I was surprised. I I was really not feeling it when it started, but then I got more into it as the movie went on. There yeah. are some cool things about it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I, I thought it was a, a lot of fun. Good movie. Yeah. Um, that's all I've done is well, well, no, I did watch um I started a docuseries on HBO Max about the Heaven's Gate cult. Ooh, I bet that's yeah. good. Uh yeah, it was pretty good. Um it was uh, it's called I watched I only watched the first episode, um, but it's called like I think it's just called the cult of cults or something like that. Mm. Um, yeah, anything about um Heaven's Gate is really interesting. Yeah, it's uh it is pretty interesting. So I'm looking forward to finishing that up. And I started the new wrong turn, but I had to pause it to do this. So I'm only about halfway through. Talk about that one next week. Don't sound so upset. They have to record your own podcast. Just say, wow. No, I mean, you know, <clears throat> I'm here. You should be happy. Getting yeah. in the way of my real life. Um, Mike, you got anything to, to add? What do you watch over the last week? Mm, you know, I really not all too much. Uh, I, like you said, I watched cube as well. Giant piece of turd. Sorry, cat. Um, and that was really the show. It's fine. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> I don't know. Just in case, I feel like I have to apologize. Uh, I watched Cube. I watched uh, Willy's Wonderland with you guys. Um, that's really it. I watched. Uh, I did rewatch Psycho Two today because I haven't seen that one in a while, and I wanted to be extra prepared. And it came up on Peacock. Mm-hmm. I watched uh, the remake, so I said, eh, "You know what? Fuck it." I, I kind of like Psycho Two. I really liked it. Yeah, I, I like Psycho Two. Uh, I haven't seen, I don't know if I've seen three and four. There was a fourth one. Why yeah. the fuck are there that many of them? Yeah. Um, but I know that I saw the second one I thought was uh, really well done. Uh, enjoyed it. Jesus. Yeah. I, I remembered liking it and then rewatching it. I was like, oh, wow. I, I really like this. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, let's move into some news. Um, I've got just a little bit. Uh, Neil Blomkamp, uh, Blomkamp. I don't know how you say his name. Uh, he says there's a District 9 sequel coming. It's called District 10, and he's working on the screenplay right now. Uh, did you guys see District 9? Nope. No? Mm. All right. Well, moving on then, because I didn't either. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to watch it. I actually uh, started it once and just could not get into it. But uh, it was kind of like a more like a sci-fi kind of thing, if I remember correctly, and I just wasn't uh, all that down to it. Um. A Quiet Place 2 is going to hit Paramount Plus streaming service 45 days after its theatrical release. It's set to hit theaters September 17th, so you can do the math and figure out what 45 days after that is. But um, are you guys looking forward to A Quiet Place 2? I still haven't seen the first one. <clears throat> I know. What are we even doing here? <laughs> <laughs> There's so many movies I haven't seen, Rob. Why are you still surprised every time I, I say know. I haven't seen I- I don't know. Every single time. What about you, Mikey? Have you seen A Quiet Place? Yeah, I did. Uh, I feel like it was a little overrated for popular standards, I guess. Like, everyone makes like, oh, Quiet Place. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Um, Did you see it in theaters or did you watch it at home? No, I watched it at home. Okay. It's better. It was the theatrical experience was much better. I've heard Um, that. I've seen it both. um, Because it's so quiet, it was just unnerving to be in a theater full of people at the time, you know, cause that was when they could be full of people. <laughs> and, um, it was just so quiet. Like, like you could, like I jumped once because a guy, a few rows down from me sneezed, you know, that was like a jump scare in the movie. <laughs> That's funny. 
because everything was so quiet. Um, so it was an interesting theatrical experience. And I think as a sort of an experiment in, in filmmaking, it was interesting. I don't know if I'm going to like the sequel that much or not, but uh, I am kind of looking forward to seeing how it plays out and uh, whether they can replicate the first one. Um, and so, yeah, if you've got Paramount Plus, which I don't even know what that is. I guess it's Paramount streaming service. I didn't know that existed. Uh, you'll be able to check it out 45 days after it hits theaters. And then the last thing that I have is there's a new Grady Hendrix book coming out July 13th called The Final Girl Support Group. Ooh. And uh, yeah, I just finished um, not that long ago. My Best Friend's Exorcism uh, is the first Grady Hendrix book I've read. And I really like his writing and I'm looking forward to reading the rest of his books. And this one sounds really cool. It centers around a, a girl who was the sort of quote unquote final girl of an attack and she runs a support group for other final girls. So it takes a look at what happens to uh, these women who survive these massacres after the fact. Hmm. Interesting. I'll probably read it. If I read, I might be interested in that. <laughs> There's some good books out there, Mike. I won't know about any of them. Is that all you got? Rob for news. Oh, Rob left. Oh, well, I was wondering where he went. I was like, normally he keeps talking and talking. <laughs> should should I take this opportunity to shit all over the original <laughs> right No, you got to do that to his face. He's going to be listening to this, which is it's, the best it's part. Gotta be fair, Mike. Come Fuck on. Fuck you, Rob. Fuck you and Tom Atkins' dirty ass. Oh wait, here he is. Hold on. <laughs> Oh my god, you're so mean. So Rob, yeah, you want to get away from the, us so bad? So Oops. yeah, the Psycho remake was way better than... Oh, hi, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, new computer and I hit the wrong button and it just shut everything down. Jeez. Well, that's exciting. Good job. Good yeah. job. it red. Yeah. Um, so uh, uh, what the hell were we talking about? Oh, the uh, Grady Hendrix book. Anyway, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I, I think it's an interesting concept and I, I did like his style of writing um did you have anything else for the news there ghost i did i had two things um there is going to be a new five nights at freddy's game looks pretty cool um Online. looks yes uh, it'll be um it's gonna be for playstation 4 and 5 first it looks like yeah you at know the end of is. the year um you're not gonna play it because it's first person nope um I'm out. but it it looks like it's kind of like open world free roam type, which is different from the other games. So that looks kind of cool. So I'm excited to hear some more news about that. And then Netflix and Skydance are creating a Terminator animated series. Nope. Yeah. That's a big no from me. That's going to be awful. Uh, uh a Terminator cartoon? I don't think so. What if Arnold Animated voices series. it, though? Don't care. Really? I don't want to hear Arnold voice a cartoon. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know. If he can barely much. speak anyway. Now you've got him doing voice acting. I'd like to watch him do it, though, man, <laughs> in the booth. <laughs> I'd pay to watch that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Can you? Didn't they turn the Terminator into a series once and nobody liked it or something? It was i think in like 2009 2010 
Um, I have no idea. There's no details on what exactly it's going to be about. Just says that the animated series will explore the universe in a way that has never been done before. So as a um, cartoon that that isn't really helpful. Um, I they've been doing a lot of this turning things into animated series now. And yeah, I, um, I'm not sure why. I don't know if it's, like, budget restrictions. Like, I don't know if the budget for, like, a Terminator TV show would just be so ridiculous. So, like, ah, oh, let's just animate it. It'll yeah, I don't know. I mean, they already did one, what? so. But. Yeah, I don't. The, the, um, the Terminator thing is, like, I don't. I haven't, I haven't seen any of the movies except for the first two. Mm-hmm. But from what I understand is it gets really convoluted and not good. It gets extremely convoluted. Yeah, so I just kind of checked out after the first two, which are awesome. Yeah, I think there's, I think it's, there's just too many different storylines and like this one cancels out this one and I don't know. So I haven't really seen any of the other ones other than the first couple, but what do you think, Mike? Terminated animated series. Oh my God, I can't speak. Is it horror though? I know Bridges, but like, is it? Terminator. The first one is horror. Yeah. The first Terminator movie yeah. is uh, the first Terminator movie. If you think about it, is essentially a slasher film. He's yeah. St- he's stalking a victim. He's killing people on his way to get to. He's basically Michael Myers. Yeah. In that movie. Fair. Um, it's the just second one, sci-fi. <laughs> yeah. The second one is more of an action film than anything. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I mean. I never got a Terminator. Everyone, some people act like it's the greatest franchise ever. I, nah, I take no. it or leave it. No, like I said, I've seen the first two movies. They both kick ass, but I never bothered to see anything after that. I'm definitely not going to watch a Terminator cartoon. Mm-mm. I think they're doing too much when, in terms of turning things into cartoons right now, yeah. like animated series. Um, so I think I watched the hell out of a Friday the Thirteenth cartoon. How come they're not doing that? Oh, awesome. Oh, that would be a good wow. idea, though. Imagine the kills they could do with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that'd be cool. that'd be awesome. There was going to be a Friday the Thirteenth TV show. Did you hear about that? It got canned, though. No. Yeah, not like the old because there used to be a Friday the Thirteenth TV yeah. show, but it was nothing had nothing to do with Jason or any of that. This was going to be centered around Jason and Camp Crystal Lake, but I don't know, it fell apart somehow. Hmm. Yeah, um, no, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, I was disappointed when that that fell apart. All right. Is that all we got for news? That is all I had. All right. Well, you know what? When we only take a few days between podcasts, we get through that opening section fast. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) So now we'll jump into uh, the meat of the episode, the um, remake rumble. Psycho 1960 versus Psycho 1998. (laughs) We'll start off, like always, with the original from 1960. Uh, Ghost, had you seen this movie before? No, uh, I had seen like small chunks of it. Like there were some scenes, obviously, I I kind of knew, like the shower scene. Everybody knows the shower scene without mm-hmm. having seen the movie. Um, like the end when she turns her around in the chair, she's dead. I knew that, um, but no, I hadn't seen it. And when I turned it on, I was actually pretty close to turning it back off. Really? Yeah. What? what? Why? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what happened? Are you so stunned? You broke Rob. <laughs> I broke him again. Yes. Why? Uh, I don't know. It was just. <laughs> I, 
I don't know. I just oh, was it's too much awesome it. for you. Apparently, no, no. Shut up. It was just kind of boring. Um, she's meeting up with some dude, and then she's going back to work, and I was like, oh, okay. And then well, yeah, then the first like twelve minutes of the movie, yeah, and I was like, this is boring. I don't really. This is not all that enjoyable, and I was like, I don't really understand how this, how this uh, gets us to the Bates Motel, right? And then she's driving in her car and. Just driving, driving, driving. I was like, what the She's fuck? driving from where she was to the Bates Motel. Driving, driving, driving. Obviously, but <laughs> yeah. I don't understand your problem. But I don't know what's going on here. All can I finish, Rob? No. <laughs> Shit. You're done. Fine. Fuck you. I didn't like it at all. Oh, this Lord. is ridiculous. <laughs> it's not true. I actually, after I got into it a little bit, I really enjoyed it. It took a turn and I really enjoyed it. But. It was very slow to begin with for me. I yeah, I mean, I guess I it it's kind of slow, but but that was kind of the genius of this movie was that it took audiences on a ride they'd never been taken on before mm-hmm. in 1960. Um, there are a lot of you know different sort of twists along the way. Um, so yeah, I don't. Uh, had you seen it before, Mikey? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I'd seen this thing about uh, a thousand times. I love this movie. Um, I don't know where, where, where do you think of it, Mike? I mean, I think it's amazing. Uh, yeah. I, I do see ghost point where, you know, you got to remember too, Rob. I mean, you're, you're not much older than me, but you know, where, where there's a, there's a small gap. So I don't know if maybe that gap is it, but for me too, watching the beginning of this, I remember even when I was younger watching it and the rewatch that, uh, I had done today, it, <sighs> It it doesn't really hold you very well. I mean, don't, the middle and beginning and pretty much damn near everything, but the first maybe 10, 15 minutes of this movie, they, I mean, they got you. They reeled you in, but I don't know. Like the, the beginning, definitely I could see goes where she gets that from, especially she's younger than both of us. So, you know, I, I could see it being that way for her even more. Um, I think it was an amazing movie. Uh, I mean, this is the foundation of a lot of stuff here you know so it's like even even if somebody just say they don't like the movie whatever for argument's sake you can't take much away from it based on that alone you know yeah um i don't care how old ghost is good is good (laughs) i said it was good i really i really ended up enjoying the movie i just at the beginning i was like this is kind of like really slow rolling and like obviously it got more interesting after i realized kind of like what was going on oh she's taking this money and just fucking heading out dipping yeah. but like and it got more interesting as it went along and it really grabbed you but at the very beginning like like i've said i don't know how many times i'm so used to like the horror i grew up on grabbed you right out of the gate there's something crazy going on right away so this was very different so i was like what the fuck am i watching for yeah. a few minutes but like it was really really good even having it like obviously knowing the end of the movie never having seen it it was really good i really enjoyed it yeah um uh, to put in context by the way the amount of money that she stole in the 1960 version it's forty thousand dollars mm-hmm. uh adjusted for inflation that would be three hundred fifty three thousand, almost three hundred fifty three thousand five hundred dollars today That's a lot of fucking money yeah and that dude was just walking around with cash in his jacket i was like yeah okay yeah weird flex 
So, um, yeah, to me, this is nearly a perfect movie. Um, there's, I have one complaint about it, and that is the very end of the movie mm-hmm. when the psychiatrist goes on his long-winded monologue yeah. explaining the entire thing to you. I wish that had been cut down. Yeah, I agree. And I I, I noted, uh, uh, obviously, we're comparing the remake of the original. I, I feel like they condensed that a little bit in the remake, which was nice. They did, yeah. Yeah, they did. But I mean, <laughs> I don't I forget which movie you said about Rob. There was some movie you were talking about and you said where they pretty much I think it might have been one of the Saw movies where they're just explaining everything to you. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, I, I don't think this was that difficult of a concept to understand <laughs> to need yeah. all that. Yeah, I don't either. Um I don't know if it was in nineteen sixty or not, but I watching think, it to you know, today I think at the time it yeah. was definitely needed. Yeah, obviously watching, now not yeah watching but. it today it's like yeah okay i kind of get this i don't need this whole i mean they could have had you know some explanation that's fine but i mean that that doctor at the it seems to go on forever um walking you through the entire story which i i didn't think was was really needed um i also didn't like that he threw in oh you've had missing persons reports out of nowhere and they're like oh two girls like yeah where did that come from yeah um acting in that scene wasn't the greatest either like See, the, I I think that every performance in this movie is is spot on. Agreed, but that one scene, yeah, that, like he's telling her all this stuff about her her sister dying, and she's just like sitting there unfazed, like not crying or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that is a little weird. Of a, I guess that's a weird choice, but I don't know. Um, maybe she assumed her sister was dead this whole time anyway. Probably. You know, I don't. I don't know. Um. And the other note that I had for this movie is, and a lot of people today, a lot of young whippersnappers like Ghost, who like to complain about perfection, um, complain because they don't like to watch black and white movies. But this thing looks beautiful. Okay, that's not true. I I actually enjoy black and white movies. I didn't when I was younger, but um, as I've gotten older, I, I'll watch them. I like them. Um, mm-hmm. it, I thought it was really really well done for black and white yeah i i love the look of the movie um hitchcock chose to shoot it in black and white because he he felt like in color it would have been too gory and it would have never gotten past censors okay oh yeah yeah the 60s yeah that that would make sense that it could have been i I just whenever i see something in black and white if it's old i just assume it had to be so yeah (laughs) Yeah, no no 19 by 1960 he could have made it in color if he Mm -hmm. wanted but it uh yeah it, and you know what honestly i don't know that it would have looked as good um in color no um there are so many iconic things about this film um it's hard to touch on all of them it is largely considered the first slasher movie um mm-hmm. i would make the argument that peeping tom which came out a month before is but uh, either way this certainly had uh, an influence on slasher movies that we would start to see in the 70s, including the fact that uh, the boyfriend in this movie's name is Sam Loomis, mm-hmm. um, which, of course, we know after the events of Psycho, he then went to medical school, became a doctor, and chased down Michael Myers. Right. And Halloween. I, I think they're all connected. It's one continuing story. It's the same guy. Maybe. Um, and, uh, yeah, apparently got a British accent, too. Uh, <laughs> Um, but yeah, so it no doubt had an influence there. It was um, based on 
the character of Norman Bates is based on Ed Gein, uh, which was also the basis for Leatherface and later um, Hannibal Lecter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so th- there are a lot of things to tie it to uh, the slasher movies and other horror movies that would come after it. Um, it. Uh, what do you guys think of the? What, what do you, how do you guys? What do you feel about the shower scene? Because that is probably the most iconic thing. That or the score um, about this movie. Um, I think that I I have always said that shower scene is so iconic because it just it puts you in the mindset of just how frenzied the the killer at the time is. You know, Norman is like just slashing away all the crazy cuts, the music, everything. It's just so perfect. Yeah, oh, I love it. There's a um, a documentary. Um, this is actually a 90 minute documentary that's all about just the shower scene in Psycho. Damn! Wow. It's called. Uh, it's not bad. It's called 7852. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe those numbers are because the shower scene lasts 78 seconds and there are 52 cuts, or maybe it's the other way around and there are 78 mm-hmm. cuts and it's 52 seconds. I don't remember. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's how iconic that one scene is that someone else made an entire documentary about it. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, and, you know, Hitchcock originally had, had planned he was going to shoot that scene and uh, put it in the movie silent. And Bernard Herman, who did the score for the movie, went ahead and um, scored it anyway and hitchcock Mm -hmm. loved the music so he left it in he later went on he apparently he paid herman three times the amount that he asked for or maybe it was double the amount that he asked for for the score yeah because he said that that without the score psycho is not psycho i i read that earlier when i was uh looking at a few things and i was like damn that's true man the music like really does so much in this movie because you don't you don't see the murder like you would like now right in a movie you don't see it so the music really really does help the whole score yeah um so yeah i uh that scene is is certainly iconic um the twist of course that comes uh, a little way into the movie because we we spend so much well, we spend the entire first part of the movie following mary and crane um and to see her killed off in that in that shower uh, was was a hell of a surprise for audiences mm-hmm. back in the day. Yeah, um, it was. Yeah, uh, and Hitchcock had to go out of his way to make sure that people... I mean, this movie changed the way that people saw movies in theaters. Up until this point, people would sometimes just wander into the theater uh, after the movie had already started and sit down and watch it, <laughs> uh, right? Which is weird to wow. consider. Um, so Hitchcock, uh, he put out... he made a whole trailer about not missing any of the movie. Um, and then every theater that showed the movie had a cardboard cutout in their lobby. That was a picture of him pointing to his wristwatch and saying that the manager of the theater has been instructed not to admit anyone into the theater after the picture had started. Um, because he wanted to get audiences into the movie from the very beginning. Um, Mm -hmm because he knew the impact that that was going to have. And then it was something that they hadn't seen before. Plus, if they missed that first part of the movie, they were going in to see a new movie with Janet Lee and they wouldn't see Janet Lee. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of, um, the, yeah, this, the, the impact of this movie can't be debated. I don't think, um, Mm-mm. 
It was made for a budget of around $807,000. I did uh, $32 million at the box office. Wow. Um, it has a Rotten Tomatoes score of 96%. Uh, and then I went and found some other little trivia facts that I thought we might find interesting. Um, after the movie's release, Alfred Hitchcock received an angry letter from the father of a girl who had refused to take a bath after seeing Diabolique. And now she refused to shower after seeing his movie uh, Psycho. Hitchcock wrote back a, a simple note that said, send her to the dry cleaners. That's hilarious. Wow. <laughs> he, he straight up blamed that man for her, his daughter stanking. <laughs> That's crazy. Wow. Um, yeah. Hitchcock had quite the sense, sense of humor on set. He would, uh, he would call Anthony Perkins. He would refer to him as Master Bates. That's <clears throat> hilarious. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is, is pretty Jesus. funny. Can we start calling you that? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, he apparently bought the rights to the novel anonymously for $9,000. Um, and then he bought up as many copy uh, copies of the novel as he could because he wanted to keep the ending a secret. What the hell? Yeah. Oh, it's so a novel? He, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. As, yeah. He was just uh, out there buying up as many copies as he could so people wouldn't read it and know the ending before the movie came out. Uh, he wanted to make it so bad that he deferred his uh, $250,000 salary and Paramount thought the movie would be a flop. So they gave in exchange, they agreed to give him 60% of the movie's gross. Wow. Oh. Holy um, shit. So he ended up making um, $15 million off this movie. Oh my God. Holy Damn. shit. Yeah. And I'm um, sure no movie has ever done that again. Right? <laughs> well, that's like the famous story of like uh, George Lucas mm -hmm. um, demanding the merchandising rights for Star Wars. And the studio was like, yeah, fine, whatever. Because it's not going to do well. Yeah. yeah movie merchandise. Little did they know. A, yeah. Movie merchandise wasn't a big thing anyway. And they didn't have high hopes for Star Wars. So he took less money and got the movie merchandising rights. Um. Uh, Janet Lee says she wasn't bothered when she, they filmed the shower scene, uh, but after she saw it on film, um, she realized how vulnerable a woman was in the shower. And until the day she died, she only took baths. Wow. I feel like you're more vulnerable taking a bath. You ever uh, yeah. try and get up out of a tub quicker? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly. Well, um, I think the difference is when you're in the bath, you don't have the shower curtain closed. Normally, yeah. still. most people don't, so you can see. I, I will tell you this, like, I, it's been ingrained in me since I was a little, probably because I knew about that scene. Like, you always check behind the shower curtain. Oh, yeah, so, you have to. You know, it's probably Luckily, from that movie, too. I'm tall enough to see over the shower curtain sometimes, like if I tippy-toe it. So, And I'm wow. not going to lie, there have been times I hear some, I will check over that <clears throat> damn thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, if I think I hear something, I'll whip that sandwich open real fast. Don't <laughs> 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 no sneak up on Rob in the shower. Right. It'll backfire. That's right. Yeah. What are you going to do now? I'm naked. Oh. Turn around and run. Right. I'm naked and ready to <laughs> naked, wet and ready to wrestle. Come on. <laughs> wow. Well, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate the time. <laughs> um. <laughs> In the novel, uh, the character of Marion has uh, is named Mary Crane. Uh, the studio, uh, the legal department made them change the name because they found out there were two real people in Phoenix, Arizona named Marion or named Mary Crane. And no one named Marion? Apparently not. <laughs> 
Um, okay. This one I always found interesting. I, I, this was the first American movie ever to show a toilet flushing on screen. You know, I've actually heard that before. Yeah. They, um, apparently it was something that uh, the censors frowned upon. So when they went to do it, um, apparently Hitchcock had to fight to keep it in. He argued that it was integral to the plot because she had done the math. Right. And had flushed the, those papers. He's not wrong. <laughs> yeah. So uh, eventually he was he was given a pass to leave it in the movie. And, and finally, it's the highest grossing movie of Alfred Hitchcock's career. Hmm. So he just had um, to get a portion of it. So good for him. A yeah, good, got, a good chunk of it, too. Yeah, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine like you're like, ha, ha, we're not going to pay this Rube two hundred fifty thousand dollars. And then you end up having to give him 15 million. <laughs> and that's in 1960 now oh my god with inflation holy yeah shit. yeah like i don't even know what that would be that's a lot of money but you said the budget was like 800 something thousand mm-hmm. uh-huh that's a lot of money with inflation too you would think for them to put that much money into it and for them to not think it's gonna do well is craziness. Right. yeah yeah it's weird let's see i wonder uh, if it just has something to do with more the cost of the equipment back then well, versus yeah, but, all the crazy shit that goes on now. Yeah, that might have been like a, a good portion of that might have been the standard price to make a movie. Yeah, you never mm-hmm. know. Yeah. So $15 million today, uh, it's the equivalent of $132 yep, there it is. million. Dollars. Holy Damn. shit. Yeah, actually $132.5 million. Alfred was balling back then. Yeah, buddy. yeah, the man had a lot of money. Um. So, oh, oh, and the other thing, I didn't know where Fairville was. That's the town that uh, they go to where uh, mm-hmm. Sam lives. And I, I Googled that in, in case you're wondering. Um, it is a real place in California. It was, uh, it's just a little north of San Francisco up in the Bay Area. Um, Hitchcock set a lot of his movies there because he, uh, he had a house in the area. He loved living there. Um, so, yeah, he had, a, he had a house in Northern California and then one in Los Angeles for when he was working on films. Um. Sorry, yeah, universal praise from all three of us, right? It's psycho. Come on. Of course. Agreed. Right. All right. It's a milestone. As a matter of fact, it's so good. I don't even think we have to talk about the 1998 version. We can just wrap this up now. Where can people no. find you on Twitter? No, 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 no. You saved the best for last. Oh, oh. Wow. Well. God's sake. All right. So in 1960... Alfred Hitchcock gives us a masterpiece. And then in 1998, for some reason, Gus Van Zandt decided to dip it in shit and give us all a piece of disaster. Um, <laughs> Tell us where, how you really feel, Rob. Where he uh, he decided to not only remake Psycho, but to do it virtually shot for shot. Um, all right, we'll come around the horn. What, Mikey, you like this movie. Why? Um, I'm going to start by saying this is the perfect Pepsi Coca-Cola deal. I, for the life of me, cannot understand. I, I get people having a preference, but I do not understand the people who say, I hate Pepsi, but I love Coke. Like, I, how can you hate one and, and like another? So that, that's my thing with it, Rob. It, I know I give you shit, and, I, and it's mostly to annoy you. I'm not going to sit here and say that as if you're going to sit down and open up a textbook, and see which one's a better movie. I mean, it's Psycho. You know, uh, the, the original. They're both Psycho. The original. But as far as 
entertaining rewatchability. If I had two in front of me that I could sit and watch, I would pick the remake because it was modernized, you know, all that. I, I mean, it, it's just, it, it's a shot for shot, man. It, it's, I, it's not like my thing is think about in today's age, if somebody did a psycho remake, what the hell they would do to that poor thing. A la child's play. Right, you know, well, I'll start off by saying that I love diet Pepsi. And if you try to give me a diet Coke, I will slap you in the face. Why? Diet Coke is disgusting. Diet Pepsi is fantastic. <laughs> diet Coke is delicious, Rob. And you <sighs> need to get that fucking slander out of here. Are you thing. ever right about anything? Go. I'm ever. right about a lot of things. <laughs> I think you're the one that's wrong. All right. So what did you think of the remake? Ghost? What do you think I thought of it? I don't know. <laughs> and I'm afraid to find out. Um, I think you're going to so, say you liked it because it was in color. <laughs> no, no. Um, so going into it, I didn't know that it was going to be literally shot for shot, line for line. Uh, so that was a little upsetting because I neither thought maybe did one they'd... of the actors. Oh, I thought that maybe they'd change up the. Uh, verbiage of some of the things they said at least um well they did change some of the but like it's basically line for line for the most part yeah so uh i was a little disappointed when i turned it on i was like wait a minute did i just turn the same fucking movie on it's literally the exact like exact same thing um i think they went a little overboard with being like it's in color we have to make sure everybody knows it's in color and use a whole bunch of crazy colors with like the outfits that she was wearing and stuff. But it wasn't bad. I enjoyed it. I had fun watching it, but I would always pick the original over this one to watch. All right. I was with you right up until you said it wasn't bad. <laughs> it um, wasn't bad. I liked it. Vince Vaughn is great. I love yeah. Vince Vaughn. William H. Macy was in it. You fucking yeah. traitor. Yeah. There's I'm amazing, a traitor. It has a, it has a great cast. No, it's a, it's a great, it, great. I would have liked it more if they would have done more with changing the lines a little bit it has an amazing cast and they amazingly are all giving the worst performances of their careers oh my god you think this is a worst performance of vince vaughn's career i, I thought do. he was great in this movie no he was awful he oh the god. the line he did not he was You're not normal dates at all at all in this movie here's the deal with this movie i liken this to a cover song you know how sometimes you'll there's a great song and then you hear somebody recorded a cover version and you go listen to it and they've put their own spin on it and it's it's not the same it's not it's good you know you're like oh okay that's a cool song and then other times you hear a, you listen to a a cover song and they don't do anything different with it they basically just do the song exactly the same as the original and you're like well that's fine but I don't understand the point because I could just listen to the original. Why would I listen to this one? This is like if you had an awesome song uh, from the Beatles and you're sitting in a bar listening to a half-drunk shitty bar band playing. Um, hmm. Everybody that's in... You are taking Alfred Hitchcock, Anthony Perkins, and Janet Lee and replacing them with Gus Van Zant, Vince Vaughn, and Anne Heche. None of the players in this remake are better or even nearly as good as the people in the original. I will not stand for Vince Vaughn. Slander, Rob. 
he's not Anthony Perkins. No one said he was. Like you got to go into it knowing it's not the original, just like you do with any other remake. No, but but that the difference is if they had put their own spin on it, if they had made a modern day in 1998 version of Psycho, but they didn't. They took this movie from 1960. They set it in 1998. They didn't change any of the dialogue, so it still sounds like how people talked in 1960. It was all out of whack. Nothing meshed together. It just does not work. I will. I will admit. Um, b- before I even get to the the dialogue thing, see, Rob, that's why I, I'm at the end of the movie, the very end of the movie, the credits roll, all that bullshit. And they have in memory of Alfred Hitchcock, like it, it, this was, this was a love note to him. Like I look at it as them saying, okay, that movie was so fucking perfect. We can't change it. Right. Right. And I think by changing things, you risk so much. And, you know, in all honesty, minus the black and white, like if you watch this movie, yeah, obviously the dialogue, but I'm saying as far as like the flow of the movie, you know, for the most part, for a movie from the 60s, compared to a million other things you can line it up against, it didn't age badly, you know, for the most part. So that's why I think if you change the I, I don't think it needed to be changed. I I'm I am a creature of habit. I don't like change, Russell Brand. I do <laughs> not like when they change shit because they usually fuck it up. But to the dialogue, you'll be happy that I will admit. I did note that, you know, obviously low hanging fruit. It didn't match up to a movie that was in the nineties, but also I feel like the actors in the remake were more so reciting lines from the original movie than actually saying lines for a movie. Yeah. You know what I mean, and it was weird. Yeah. Yeah. It was awkward. It doesn't. Yeah. It's just awkward that the characters do not feel like people in this movie. It feels like you're watching a stage play version of Psycho in certain parts. Yeah. In some weird way. It it just doesn't work. And as far as the adding color to it, I mean, some shots look excellent. They look great in black and white. Like they're absolutely beautiful. And in Mm -hmm. color, they look weird. Um, so mm-hmm. like the shot with the cop looking into the car window when he comes up on her sleeping on the highway outside Bakersfield, like that's a weird looking shot when it's done in color. It looks okay in the original, but there's just something about it being in color that makes it look strange. And so I think that if you're going to remake a movie, I get the not wanting to mess. Well, first of all, you shouldn't remake Psycho anyway. There's just some movies you don't remake. You just don't touch them. But if you're going to do that, you've got to make you've got to change, adjust for those things. You've got to be a you've got to be a good enough filmmaker to know this isn't going to look right in color. This dialogue isn't going to sound right coming from these characters mouth in this time frame. And you've got to make those changes because even just judging this on its own and not comparing it to the original as its own movie, those are bad choices. I, I I look. He's not wrong. No, he he's not. But you know, it, I do think they could have changed certain things. They didn't have. I I'm not mad that it was pretty much shot for shot. And I I, I will agree to that. They could have changed some things. You know, like it didn't have to be damn near identical. You know, like they could have changed a few things here, a few things there. Um, I feel like. Correct me if I'm wrong. 
and I watched them back to back, so how I didn't notice beyond me, but I also thought we were recording at 8.30, so fuck me, right? Um, did they take out, there was a shot after, uh, let me see if I can find it in my notes quickly. Um, I don't know. There, there was, I'll look through it and bring it up again, but I feel like they left a scene out that was kind of boring from the original and I felt didn't need to be in there. Or or, di- or was this like, they didn't leave anything out in here, did they? I didn't notice anything that was left out. I watched them basically back to back. Like I watched yeah. the original around, I think it was around 11 or noon today or something. And then uh, I took a nap because you guys know how I like to sleep. Mm-hmm. And then um, I watched the remake after that. Um, I watched I them back to back and I didn't notice. I didn't notice anything missing, being left but... out. There were, there were a couple of things added. Yeah. Um. Or, you know, and a couple of things done differently, too. Um, you know, there's the like I noticed in the remake when she slides down the shower wall, there's a streak of blood that is mm-hmm. not in the original. Right. And I also noticed um, Anne Heche's butthole, which is not in the original. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that was in Hitchcock's original script and it was cut out or not, but. Oh, okay, it was uh, it was after the private investigator died. Oh uh, and, yeah, and now I remember. I, I don't think they took it out, but I see there were certain scenes in, and I think the beginning too. We we kind of ghost kind of mentioned it how the beginning was a little slower. I feel like the beginning of this movie held you a little bit better. You know, it, it was just I I think that it being in color helped, especially for people who are a little younger. Like I mean, it definitely helped me personally. You know, like right. it's just certain. And the scene after the, the P.I. died, I, I do remember that in the remake now, but it just didn't seem as slow to me. Which scene is that? I, it was it cut. I don't remember exactly. It was like a whole portion of things. It cut back to the sister and her boyfriend, and they were, you know, trying to figure out what the hell they're going to do. And oh, when stuff. they were arguing about whether or not mm-hmm. to stay there or right. go out yeah. looking for him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's in uh yeah, that was in both versions, I think. Right, yeah. Um and then yeah, and they also added for some reason those weird like there's like a couple of quick shots of animals. Yeah. Yeah. So, what? Why? <laughs> so you're gonna change something and that's what you're gonna do? <laughs> like you're not gonna change the wonky dialogue or the awkward looking camera shots, but let's let's add in a few frame snippets of animals. Uh. What? Yeah, none of these decisions that. make sense that. that was weird i don't know the biggest hang up for me is still the just the dialogue in this movie like because they're it feels like they're like reciting it, it, it it's almost like they're trying to change it slightly by doing it in a different beat but it's off yeah i yeah the dialogue it's like uh if the private investigator had been like hey did you see that dame in the green skirt walking down the street you know like <laughs> Like why why change that? Make it fit. Make it sound normal. They didn't yeah. really let the actors act. No, you know. I think that I, I would imagine. I'm not an actor by any stretch of the imagination, but I would imagine it would be difficult, as we've seen because it came through. To you you watch a movie, they've all seen it, and you see how actors do. Like if they're telling you to say exactly what they're saying, it, I would imagine as an actor, it's hard to really do it any other way than what you seen it done right and you're mostly trying to block it the same way right and get the same shots and mm-hmm. yeah there's it's got to be difficult and yeah you're right it's borne out because this is an extremely talented cast every yeah. one of the people in this movie is a great actor 
and none of them do good work here except Julianne Moore. I think she changed the, her character more than anybody else by simply, she said the same dialogue, she said the same lines, but she read them more aggressively, more upset mm-hmm. than Vera Miles did in the original. Um, and I didn't hate Vigo Mortensen in this movie, but that's kind you, of a small character. So you hate how Vince Vaughn acted in this movie? Can't stand it. Why? It's I awful. think he did so good. No, no he's terrible. This oh is by far, God. this is worse than his performance in any of those uh, crappy movies that he made, uh, you know, those stupid comedies that he's been in where he's no good. Um, this narrow it down. Yeah. I can't think of the names of any of them, but um, no, this is by far the worst I've ever seen Vince Vaughn be. No. I really liked him. I think uh, he definitely came off as like the way he should. I'm trying to think of how I should word it, but okay, awkward. Somebody can um, silence their phone. <laughs> I thought it was. It is silenced. It's an alarm. My bad. Uh, I think the, the problem with it is you're looking at an exact replica or an attempt at an exact replica mm-hmm. of Anthony Perkins, who did phenomenal. And right. I could point to uh, the scene where he's being questioned by the private investigator. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody's going to do that better than Anthony Perkins. That was like him acting nervous was great. It was, I mean, it looked like he was really being interrogated and shit. Like, you know, if you're lining that up damn near frame for frame, Vince Vaughn's, he doesn't stand a chance on that. It's also not fair. No, Vince Vaughn in those scenes looks like he's acting nervous because somebody told him to act nervous, right. not yeah. like he's actually nervous. I don't know. When I say I think he did a great job, I'm not saying that Anthony Perkins didn't do a great job and do yeah. a phenomenal job acting. But I think given the circumstances, I think Vince Vaughn did a really good job. In I his- thought it was garbage. Oh, my gosh. I also forgot how fucking tall he is until William H. Macy was standing next to him on the porch. Yeah. He's a big boy. I was like, oh, my God. He's like seven feet tall. Yeah, and I think that was the other problem with it too. Is he's just too big I don't to think convincingly so. play Norman Bates to me. Like I think Anthony Perkins was a tall dude. I think I'm not sure what his height oh, I was. Can find out for you. Um, I mean Vince Vaughn. I'm looking at six five. He's a big boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I I know I looked for his stature as well. Um, not so much height, but. Uh, I noticed that Anthony Perkins, like, you know, he's a, he's a skinny little fucker, but at this, like, I don't know. Like when I was looking at him in certain scenes, he looked, you know, a little uh, top heavy might be the wrong word. Cause you'd think of somebody muscle bound, but you know, he was a little thicker than, you know, he seemed in a lot Mm -hmm. of scenes, which, you know, Vince Vaughn might've been a little bigger. And I was looking for that too. Cause we know Vince Vaughn as he is today, dad, the dad, Vince Vaughn. I, I don't think it was too far off. I did look for that too, but I mean, yeah, you could, you could notice a difference. Yeah. No, I, yeah. There's just something I, Anthony Perkins is, was six, two, by the way. Mm-hmm. And he, um, so he's not that much shorter, a few right. inches, but I don't know. There's just something about the way he was able to play Norman as sort of, I don't know. I believed that that Norman Bates was this sort of meek character and Vince Vaughn. I just didn't buy. I I think Vince Vaughn's character seemed like he kind of knew in his mind what was going on that he was breaking, but was hiding it. Whereas I think in the original, like 
the way Anthony Perkins played it, like he didn't actually know he was fucking absolutely insane in doing all this. He just was this, like you said, meek and weak mm-hmm. little guy, even though he was, you know, yeah, actually now, a pretty big dude. I also think, though, too, it doesn't help that in the original, um, the guy that plays Arbogast, the detective, mm-hmm. is a, a pretty hefty guy right like you know what i mean like he he, yeah and now you've got so when he's uh you know confronting anthony perkins you could see how it might throw anthony perkins off and he might be you know a little intimidated by this guy but when william h macy (laughs) is confronting vince vaughn it does not work it's the fedora oh yeah never trust anybody in a fedora honestly he walked up and he was wearing that suit and i was like this guy looks like a loan shark Right. <laughs> not like a private investigator, especially not in the late nineties. Yeah. Look like a car dealer. They should have had him that as a car dealer. Yeah. They, yeah. Should have trying and to find out how tall William H. Macy is just for by uh, the way, in the remake, 11. a homegirl ran walked by a fucking firebird. Okay. I, I you buy the firebird. I'm sorry. That that's <laughs> not to do with nothing, but that really pissed me off. Uh, William H. Macy is five nine. Well, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he's yelling at 6'5", Vince Vaughn. Yeah. And I'm supposed to buy that that Vince Vaughn's going to cower from him? Well, maybe that's why he didn't cower so much. Yeah, I don't know. It's not as good. Just that's it. We can all agree on that. Moving on. Oh, my God. It's not as good, but... It'll never be as good. Yeah, it's not as good, but it's more entertaining to me. And those are two different things. uh, No, they are two different things. Uh, but it's not good in any way. That's the thing. It's oh, this movie you. is not good. We've talked Being about all entertaining of entertaining can make something good. We've talked about all of these bad decisions that they made. All of those little bad decisions on their own would not have sunk this movie. All of them together make this movie insufferable. I Damn. could not stand sitting through this movie. And I had just watched the original, which I felt went by in a breeze. You that son of a bitch. Felt forever long for me. Which the original? Yeah, uh, definitely. It's, I, it's definitely it's like a black slow and burn. White. No, it's definitely kind of a slow burn movie. It takes a while to kind of just get into it, which is fine. I'm okay with that. You know, it right, takes so a while. This one, it's be... the exact same movie. I no, I didn't say that. But it ke- it keeps your attention yeah. there. No, I didn't keep mine. I thought this was terrible. I, I the only thing that kept my attention was me focusing on how stiff and awkward the dialogue was. Yeah. And how bad the performances were the entire time. I don't think the performances were terrible. No, you know, obviously they didn't they didn't match up. But uh, you know, I, I think it was just more so the dialogue mm-hmm. is my per- personal problem with it. Uh, I mean, again, I I feel like especially if we watch them back to back, you know, and I'm sure we all watch the original first, mm-hmm. and it's like you know, it, it's you can't help anyone who's even if you seen the original years and years ago and you're in 1998 and you watch this when it came out you're gonna compare you know like you can't help it especially in a, a, a literal remake right i mean you that's know. just the nature of remakes yeah and yeah. i did see this in theaters when it opening night when it came out right in 1998 and i hated it Damn. um and I, you know what i hadn't seen it since until today and you know what? i still hate it <laughs> um do. Now, I did have one complaint about both movies. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you guys noticed this or not. They do it in both versions. Why did so many people who were driving a car 
get out on the passenger side of the vehicle. Did am I, I the only one who noticed I know, that? I noticed that, and I I noticed it more so in the original than the uh, remake. But I would imagine it had something to do with staging the car and getting the shot. Uh, yeah, that I thought the same thing, but it was just so awkward. And, it, yeah. and again, it happens like three times in both versions. I noticed it the most when the private investigator went to the um, motel first. Yeah, yeah, he That's does the it, first time he went there. He it's always at the motels. Maybe it was something to do with the yeah, staging of the I shot of the so. motel because Anne Hayes did it, at, or Marion does it at the motel. And when she did it, I think it's the first time. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was because it was raining so hard, you know, that because mm-hmm. she had parked the passenger side closest to like the awning at the motel or whatever. So she could climb out that way and not, which is probably why I didn't actually notice it and like yeah. think anything of it. Um, I did notice it when he did that. Norman does it when he takes Marion's car, he gets in from the passenger side. Hmm. And then, yeah, the detective does it when he gets to the motel also. Yeah. It's very yeah. weird. I, I did not like that at all. Yeah, when I saw him do that, I was like, that's weird. And then I thought to myself, the way the cars parked, it was probably just the staging of where the car was. And if he had gotten out on the driver's side, he would then stand like directly in front of the camera and be walking around. So to make the shot better, they're probably like, oh, we'll just have him get out of the passenger side of the car, which they could have just, I guess, had him pull up from the opposite direction. Right. But whatever. Not my choice. They did it in the remake too. I didn't notice that. Yeah, they did it shot for in shot. both versions. Yeah, that, that's see, see that shit you can change, man. Mm-hmm. In the in the original, I could get it. There's no center console in cars. I mean, yeah. who the hell is gonna? I mean, that's gonna hurt your butt. Yep. Getting over that. Every time I've <laughs> had to do that, it hurt my butt. Like, yeah. why would anyone do that? See that shit. Not only change. that, it takes like ten minutes to do that, right? As opposed to the like minute and a half it might have taken in. The original with the old cars. Yeah, that really stood out to me in both versions. It was odd. Odd. People don't do that. No. Um, Rotten Tomato score on the remake, uh, 39%. Oh, come on. Um, The budget for the remake was $60 million. The box office for the remake was $37 million. (laughs) Wow. Um, uh, A little bit of trivia that I found about the remake. I actually thought there would be more. Uh, Anne Hayes said she had never seen the original before she was cast as Marion Crane. Hmm. The hell did they give her the role for then? She should be ashamed. I don't know. Um, this is one of three remakes of films directed by Hitchcock that came out in 1998. Viggo Mortensen appears in uh, two of them. This one and A Perfect Murder, which is a remake of Dial M for Murder. Also a terrible movie. Um, not Dial M, uh, A Perfect Murder. It doesn't work in 1998. And Robert Forrester, who appeared in the television remake of Rear Window. Um, Robert Forrester is the actor who thought that he had been sent the wrong script. Uh, He got the script and then called his agent and said, hey, they sent me the wrong script. They sent me the uh, script for Hitchcock's original. Can you get the new one? And they had to call him back and say, no, that's that's the right one. Wow. Yeah, he did not. uh, I think he knew it was a remake. He didn't think it was going to be. Quite like this. And uh, the final thing that I found, William H. Macy said that he was so eager to work with Gus Van Zandt that he would have appeared in an adaptation of the phone book of Van Zandt was directing. But he said that uh, most people expected to Van Zandt to put his own spin on the movie when they signed on. And he called this film an ill-begotten picture. 
So that's all that I have for the remake. I will give it one nod, uh, one little bit of credit. Um, I don't think it's a good movie. I do think it's an interesting experiment. Um, I think it's a failed experiment, but it was an interesting one. I think it was a lot closer to a successful experiment than a lot of remakes. Uh, I would agree. I think there's definitely a lot worse remakes out there. I think that in that context, uh, you're dealing with much better source material than most movies get remade. Um. And this one is what killed this remake. Weirdly enough is the shot for shot thing and the refusal to change anything. Yeah. Um, And that's where I think it works as an experiment in filmmaking to Mm -hmm. see if you can recapture and the original by, by doing it exactly the same way. And I think what we learned is the answer is no. Mm. I, I think it could have been done better if they had just changed like and they don't have to change everything but just tiny little things like right. you said some of those shots could have been done a little bit better it is more modern times now it's easier to get some of that shit done um and also just some of the dialogue not all of it needed to be changed they're like um there are quite a few scenes or like little monologues of uh, N- uh norman bates talking that sounded just fine even though you know, they were written however long ago, but there were just some little things that just didn't fit. And I wish they had changed um, dialogue wise. They would have sounded better if anybody but Vince Vaughn was saying. Oh, shut Leave the fuck Vince up. Vaughn. Leave oh, him alone. He can kick your ass. <laughs> you, you know, he may be, but he can't. He can't <laughs> act better than me. Are you sure about that? <laughs> Come on, Rob. <laughs> Take it easy now. Okay, Roger. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, but, I think Rob is right when he says that obviously the source material is much better than a lot of remakes, mm-hmm. but it's also much more dated. And I think, I, look, I, I've bitched about remakes more times than I could count, but I, I don't, I'm not mad at the shot for shot, but shot for shot doesn't have to be word for word, mm-hmm. you know? And I think I would be interested to see another remake shot like Rob, not for nothing. If you could see a, a shot-for-shot shot remake of Friday the 13th Part 3, modernized a little bit more, ch- with things changed, you know, dialogue changed, effects changed, and things like that. That, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. It'd be better than the last, the remake we got. Um, I didn't hate the Friday remake. Um, I did. <laughs> and I, I, you know, I think that, well, one, if you do a remake of Friday the 13th Part 3, then, um, you know, you're losing our boy Larry Zerner. Oh, I don't like that either. Um, I don't know if I would want to. I, I don't understand the point of doing shot for shot. It just why. Um, so you don't get experiment. Movies like the nightmare yes. remake. <clears throat> yeah, that was trash. Yeah, I mean that's just garbage. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, it is an interesting idea. It is, but I just don't think it worked. And maybe if it were a more modern film, it would have worked better because the shots wouldn't have looked as odd because I really do believe that the reason some of these shots looked odd is because you were taking the originals, which were done in black and white and looked gorgeous and you're shooting them in color and it doesn't work. It's not the same kind of film, you know, a perfect example of that is when, uh, I can't believe I'm blanking our name. When homegirl was getting her, uh, license and registration out for the mm-hmm. cop, yeah. that looks I don't know what kind of car the original was. It was beautiful. 
It was mm-hmm. a that works in a beautiful car. In her old ass Toyota or whatever <laughs> it was, it didn't look so great. You know, yeah. so I think that was, you know, you didn't need to see the entire inside of that car. Like it wasn't a very nice interior. But in the other one, you're looking at it, it's like, oh wow, look. You know, she turned around, her pocketbook's right there, the white leather seats and the big wood grain steering wheel look great. Right. I mean, there's yeah, yeah. there's a big difference in shooting on black and white and shooting on color. I mean, every a lot of stuff is different. Lighting is different. Mm-hmm. You know, there are just a lot of things that that are done differently. So if you're going to do this shot for shot, then you either, well, the only way to do it properly is to do it in black and white. They opted not to do that. And so they ended up with all these awkward looking shots with a bunch of people saying awkward dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I would have liked to see them. I mean, maybe scene for scene would have been better. You know, like if they, I, I, they were a little too literal. I think it was just because it was Alfred Hitchcock. And they didn't want to change anything, you know, but, uh, you know, I'll tell you something that both movies missed out on is where we should have seen the interview with Norman at the end with the, with the cop, him going back and forth between his mouth that they both missed out on that. That would have been better than the, the long explanation that we get from the psychiatrist at the end. Right. Mm -hmm. And I thought we were going to get it in the remake because the, you know, that first shot in the police station, you seen norman sitting with the cop i don't remember if that was in the original i don't remember seeing it but i got excited and i was like oh shit and then we didn't get it yeah no they just they gave you a shorter explanation Mm -hmm. they did cut that down some but um no we didn't get any of that and then for some reason the ending went on longer in the remake too when they were pulling the car out of the swamp yeah i like that um yeah so anyway uh all right so we go around the horn here and uh, unless you guys have got anything else to say about this remake. Mm, not, no, not really. I think I've said my piece. Yeah, I'm pretty sure everybody knows how I feel. Mm. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're all too aware. Yeah. Um, so then we decide which one is the better movie. We'll start with Ghost. The original. And Mikey? Uh, uh, are we going to ask which one's the more entertaining movie after this? Or are we just going to nope. your question? <laughs> no. Nope. Sneaky. Which uh, one's the better movie? Son of a bitch. The better movie is the original. All right. Yeah. And of course, I, I believe the better movie is the original as well. So it's a clean sweep for Psycho from 1960 by Alfred Hitchcock. Um, all right, guys. I. Uh, well, you couldn't change my mind on this one. I knew I wasn't going to. And I, I was well aware. I was actually not so sure because it, I I had been a long, I had literally hadn't seen it since opening night in 1998. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, that's a long time to go without seeing a movie. So I thought, well, maybe it won't be as bad as I remembered. And no, it was worse. Like I said, I, I my stance was never that it's a better movie because it's, I mean, there's just no way, mm-hmm. you know, acting alone. But, you know, it, it was if I had to pick one to watch. It's going to be the remake. Yeah. Uh, I was actually surprised at myself because I thought I'd end up picking the remake. Yep. I don't, uh, I don't understand that. I'm not a traitor. I agree that it is more entertaining. Oh, I disagree. Of course you do. But the better movie will, it's going to be the original. It has to be. Um, the one thing that uh, this movie does uh, hold in my consciousness is uh, for a long time, I like I liked Gus Van Zant, you know. I was like, oh yeah, he's a he's a good director. He made Goodwill Hunting. That's a good movie. 
And now whenever someone mentions him, the first movie I think of is this one. And I think, oh, yeah, I hate that guy. <laughs> um, and for, for a long time, I've said that I was I wanted to do a shot for yeah. shot remake of Goodwill Hunting and fuck it up. <laughs> I don't know why it's funny to me. <laughs> oh, man. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of This Horror Life. Uh, my name is Rob Humphrey. You can find me on Twitter at Radio Rob123. You can also uh, find the show on Twitter. We are at This Horror Life. You can send us an email, tell everybody how right I am. Uh, we are This Horror Life at gmail.com. Ghost, where can people find you? I am on Twitter at GhostyJ with a zero. Also, I'm the only one that reads the email, so you can tell me how wrong Rob is. Yeah, it's ridiculous. No one would believe that. And uh, Mikey, where can you be found? I'm very glad she changed that algebra Twitter handle yet. Um, you can find me at Mikey's Dead on Twitter. Also, um, Rob, hmm? real quick, uh, hmm? on our other show, Slasher Radio, you you give me a little extra work quite often throughout uh, throughout the weeks. I do what uh, I can. Yeah, yeah. I, keep I, you busy, I keep you out of trouble. I know you do. And uh, since the last time I've been on, I don't know anyone who listens to you guys' show, you'll remember I had to pay Rob back for a bleep. Now, since then, there has been a lot of bleeps added to that list. I so don't know what you're talking about. You know what I I'm do. talking about. I you, know what he's talking about. You know, there, there's been such a gap between when I do come on this show. So a, as we see now, the, the list of bleeps that I owe you has grown so much. So, you know, I thought I would I would ask for a little bit of help because not only do I owe you bleeps, I have to make up for the amount of bleeps that you're going to accrue accrue through the next time that I'm on the show. So, uh, wait, wait, I, wait, you're, you're pre getting bleeps. Yeah. yeah. That doesn't seem right. <laughs> well, the math is added up so far. It's, I feel like that's fair. It's very fair. Imagine the amount of bleeps you're going to pile up for the next time I'm on the show. So, you know what? I didn't think I could properly, um, uh, add up as many bleeps as needed to, cover the amount that you've already added up and the the ones that you will in the near future. So I enlisted a little bit of help and I have some for you guys. So this one Uncle Looper tried to f but I pulled my down and I f him before he could even me. While I was done he down on the back of the truck another blooper came out of nowhere and I had to she tried to wiggle out but she couldn't get away. Fortunately three other fucking stooges thought they could join in on the fight so I had to give them the pipe the old you know what I'm talking about? Right up there in your And then after that, once they got the even the old They didn't like that too much, so they called reinforcement and I had a Must have been about a dozen of them, but they didn't stand a chance because my I would have had to square that away. They didn't have a tape measure, they didn't need one because I was using their bodies as a way to This way, they that way, they upside down, inside out. Under the rainbow, they had to call the cops. Three or four more before the cops even got there. Cop, now she's pressing charges, but it's alright. Anyway, had to go to ICU and separate us like a fucking dog. And then once the cop, all that good stuff, rolled up on me, and I had to jab her off on some slick shit. Tried, and uh, long story short, I tried to. At least two and a half dozen fucking old bloopers, one police officer, and I'm one for a murder that I didn't commit. Wow. <laughs>
Now, here's the funny thing. You put in a lot more time ad, uh, editing Slasher Radio than I do editing this horror life. I hope I don't forget. <laughs> you know, I, I, the, the saddest part of it all is I added it up. It's about 29 bleeps. Yeah. And uh, that was, I don't know how much time that was in that uh, uh, Bobby's uh, little uh, soliloquy that he was going on about. But yeah, you're probably going to just give one big long one and be done with it, which is very upsetting to me. That I might. Amazing. Damn you. Yeah, I might. That was I will. I will say this about Bobby. He has a talent that not many people do. <laughs> no. He, he has a way with words. <laughs> sure yeah, does. He is like the Michael Jordan of profane language. Yeah. I really hope you go through and just bleep what you need to bleep out. 29 yeah. about. Please. Take. We'll see what happens. Please, Rob. Don't be lazy. Um, well, wow. I'm really. My singular talent is being lazy. So we'll see what happens. But uh, wow. Always nice to hear from Bob. There yeah. you go. Just for you, Rob. Thank you. I appreciate wow. it. Yeah. But thank you guys for having me. This was fun. Um, it was nice banging oh. my head against the wall. But Rob, about Wait. psycho. Don't you have something else? I mean, if you really want me to go through it. Uh, I mean, I, I, I just was expecting you to, but no, it's fine. It's fine. I mean, it's up to you guys. I don't know what you're talking about. My list of grievances with this horror life. Oh, I you mean, have a list. Oh, okay. Well, we can do that. I mean, we love constructive criticism. Sure. If that's what it is. Sure. I uh, love doing a ton of stuff after we've started wrapping the show up. It's great. <laughs> I mean, I, I wasn't even going to bring it up, to be honest with you. Uh, but I have been an avid listener of this horror life and I've taken notes from episode one and not every, every episode was added to this list, but um, my first note for this horror life was ghost using the word pop pissed me off. It's soda. Oh, sorry. Uh, Halloween resurrection sucks is a quote from Rob Humphrey. I don't appreciate that. Uh, shitting on Rob zombie in episode one. That doesn't uh, sound like this show it, it, on behalf of, Bobby Spitzer, I don't appreciate that. Uh, 31 sucks, Ghost. I don't quite remember what that one was, but... Um, oh, I think you were talking good about 31. It probably was. Shame on you. Hey, I uh, didn't hate it. Devil's Rejects, shit it on that, Rob. I don't like that. If it helps <laughs> at all, I hated 31. Me too. <laughs> Rob said Superhead in an episode once. I thought that was funny and worth uh, <laughs> worth mentioning. I don't remember that, but okay. <laughs> you, d- you did. <laughs> Uh, trash talking the walking dead early on too. I don't know what the hell that was about. Oh, we did it again last week. Oh, uh, Rob says punch in that annoys me. Added that to the list. You don't like the word. What's wrong with punch in? I don't know. It's just, I I didn't like it. It was enough for me to take my pad and pen out and write it down. All right. All right. Uh, casually saying me and Bobby are wrong. I don't appreciate that. Uh, ghost talking nicely about dead by daylight. Uh Mm Um, That, that that needs to end. Uh, it won't. Um, oh, yeah. Reporting on your socks. I don't understand. Oh, yeah. Well, that's just something that our fans just love. Mm. Um, the, the listener base of this horror life loves to hear about socks. I doubt that. I, I do, too. Uh, episode <laughs> 20. I start my own sock podcast. Oh, where are you going to find time with your dating podcast? You're starting also. Yeah, I got to get that off the ground. I got to get the sock thing off the ground. You guys are going to miss a lot of great content. Uh, episode 20, I uh, Rob said, I can go straight to hell. And that is a quote. 
Uh, yeah, that's, that sounds about I, right. I don't remember that. <laughs> I yeah. don't remember the Wait, context, but I won't deny that I said it. was episode 20? Episode 20 was your comedy horror, and it was oh. about Cabin in the Woods, and I was told I can go straight to oh. hell. Oh, okay. That so makes sense. I may or may not have contacted my lawyers about that. Uh, I have Walking Dead slander on the list again, and... Uh, oh, okay. Next time I'm on, uh, I feel like we should have a Big Brother review. Do you think we could do that? Big, what? The show, Big Brother. Yeah, on, you, on, on this show, I you want to do a review watching, on this show. I'm not <laughs> big, watching Big, big Brother. Brother. Oh, oh, I mean, I've no. already told you I'd watch that, but. And um, my last thing on the list is Ghost saying, "Always a pleasure." At the end of every episode, it cannot be a pleasure <laughs> to talk to Rob. Weeks. I oh, know. I got yelled at the one week I didn't say it, so now I have to say it every week. Well, yeah. You want to lie to your listeners? Well, it's Maybe. well, technically, it's not a lie because it's always a pleasure that I'm getting off the call with him. <laughs> ah, okay hold on i'm gonna scratch that one off real quick you say yeah you guys just go ahead and sit here and pretend like i'm not here <laughs> well, no I'm, I'm done with my list now all right well all of those uh criticisms are duly noted okay and they'll be filed away in the proper receptacle uh, uh, the trash oh, my yeah. god yeah, it's great thanks as a listener i am disgruntled and i feel disrespected <laughs> Listen, we appreciate you bringing the criticisms to us, okay? Yeah. yeah At least don't worry, I was... Mike. I, if you, you are fair. Feel, if you ever feel disrespected, just remember, I have the least possible amount of respect for you. And so wow. don't ever doubt that, all right? Good to know. You are <laughs> Rob. Wow. I'm going to update my legal team on, on what's being said. <laughs> He's going to update his list right now. Yeah, yeah. Rob at pain. the top, his biggest <laughs> grievance. Yeah. But yeah, th- this was fun, guys. I appreciate you having me on. I love the show, and uh, I look forward to hearing what else you guys churn out. Yeah, uh, me too, because we don't have anything else scheduled right now. Ah, shit. <laughs> yeah, um, so that'll be fun. <laughs> Back to winging it. All right, uh, so anyway, Mikey, where can people find you? At Mikey's you're Denim. always on Twitter. Not not really. Except but for I, when you're banned. Yeah, it's <laughs> very annoying. Uh, at Mikey's Dead on Twitter, you can go to Slasher Radio on uh, at Slasher Radio on Twitter and hit that a follow too. Yep, and of course you can listen to our other show, uh, Slasher Radio. That's uh, Mikey, me, and Cat, um, which you can listen to wherever you are listening to this horror life. And speaking of which, you can also now catch this horror life at SlasherRadio.com. Is that right? Yeah, go oh. stop slacking. I'm sort of out Stop of the Stop slacking. You gave me the, the code <laughs> yesterday. You gave me the website to log in last night. I literally it's not done yet? I set up all the account information, like the login with you guys' email, everything, password, send it there. I didn't give her the link to log in. Yeah, I went to go yeah. put it up on Wednesday night, and I sent him a message on Twitter that he never responded to. Uh-huh. And I was like, um, I might be dumb, but I can't log in with the yeah. giant login button at the top of your website. Yeah, huh. that was my bad. But yeah, yeah I, when you're hearing this, you should be able to yes hear that. Uh, yes. And um, yeah, otherwise you can just listen to us wherever you catch your podcasts. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, Ghost, thank you for your time. Always a pleasure. Fire. <laughs> <laughs>